We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is the podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans, and more importantly, for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, I ask you, good sir, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Always and forever. Amen. Uh, welcome to the John Sally episode of What's the Good Word. No, we don't have an interview with John Sally. No, we're not going to go over his highlights, although that would be great. And John, we'd love to hear from you and interview on the show. But this is episode number 22 of What's the Good Word. So if you're a alum and fan, you know why it's the John Sally episode. That was his number when Spider uh, got his nickname at Georgia Tech, being all spindly and everything and dominating in the lane. Speaking of John Sally, we are going to kick off uh, the episode uh, talking about basketball, both men's and women's. By the way, if this is your first time, uh, we do this show very simply. We try to give you as much news as possible from all the different great websites that follow Georgia Tech athletics and some that don't follow regularly, but we try to keep track of everything going on, give it to you and in short, concise format so you can get all your news in one place. Second part of the show, we go a little more in depth. Uh, and since we're kicking off the show with basketball, uh, Joshua, why don't I just turn it over to you? You can give the basketball results for the men's team and tell everybody what we're doing in the second half of the show. All right. Well, in the second half, we're going to be kind of doing a mid-season review slash preview of you know what has happened and what's to come later. Um, in the season but to start off the show we're going to cover the two games that happened in the past week on Saturday the 14th Georgia Tech lost at home to the uh, to Pittsburgh the, to Pitt uh, 71 to 60 uh, another one of those games where Georgia Tech was most definitely in it um, they played it first half um, Pittsburgh did go on a run uh, and then, but by the end of the first half, the game was still relatively close, 38-34 Pitt. Um, it's just that, you know, Pitt went on one of their little runs, stretched it to about a 10-point lead, and the Jackets kept trying to kind of fight back, and they kept getting close, but they didn't get all the way. Um, notable performances, uh, Debo Coleman had 13 points on 5 of 12 shooting. Miles Kelly only had 6 points on 2 of 10 shooting, so not a great day for him. Uh, Davon Smith had a very good game off the bench where he had 15 points and 11 rebounds while also unfortunately having three turnovers, but he did it on six of 14 shooting a uh, solid day for them. Uh, there was a great bench performance, by Nike uh, Sabande from Pitt. He played 35 minutes at 21 points. Other than that, they had th uh, three starters in double figures. So it was what it was. Pitt's one of the top half teams in the ACC. Uh, you were hoping to steal a game there, especially since you were on your home floor. Didn't happen. Uh, same thing happened today when we are filming, which is Tuesday the 17th. Um, they, Georgia Tech had NC State in McCamish Pavilion. Uh, NC State did come into this game 14-4, and and NC State got another win. Went up 178-66. to Once again, Georgia Tech played it closely because this is what they do very well in the first half. 
kept the game very close, even went into halftime. They went into halftime down five, but they continued to try to make it close. They continued to keep it within three to four. Eventually, NC State got it to 10, and it just kind of never really recovered from there. You know, did Georgia Tech, we've said it on this podcast before, they play a fantastic first 15 minutes, something happens, they get it all together, but they're never able to kind of make up the difference that happened. So it is what it is. Uh, Jalen Moore had a great game, 17 and eight. Um, starting wise, uh, Rodney Howard had nine points, seven rebounds, and five assists. So Rodney finally distributing from the high post. Um, nobody else scored in double figures other than Jalen. A lot of nine point scores. Miles Kelly had another poor shooting game, four of 13 from the field, 0 of six from three with three turnovers. So not a great day for him. Uh, Lance Terry. Had nine off the bench. Javon Franklin did not start, played 19 minutes, but had 5.5 rebounds. And, I mean, if you've watched a Javon Franklin game, you saw – you've seen what he can do. He, he came in and did all that, caused problems, and was jumping all over the place. Do you, do you have the team stats in front of you very handy? Um, define, like, full season stats or, like, no, the no, games? No, no, for, for, the, for the NC State game that just I happened. do indeed. Okay, can you do, what do you want uh, our listeners a favor? Whoa, blah, 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 blah. Can you do a listeners our favor? And can you please say out loud the three-point field goal percentage and the free throw percentage for Georgia Tech tonight? Uh, so Georgia Tech shot 42% from the free throw line. They were 8 of 19. And they shot 10% from the three-point line, 2 of 21. That might have been the difference in the game. It's very hard to win basketball games when you cannot hit the free shots nor the three-point shots. Uh, all right. So uh, speaking of basketball. They did have 16 offensive rebounds, though. They did. They did. But they missed 19 threes. So that's probably where some of them came from. All right. We don't want to give away the second half of the show. Listen to us. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the second half of the show. We will uh, kind of talk about the second half of the season. We're a little bit past halfway mark and what we're hoping for for the second half of the season, what we should be looking for. And uh, and we'll go from there for the women's basketball team. Unfortunately, the news is worse. Uh, you might think, Stephen, Joshua, how can it be worse for the women's team than the men's team? It's been such a tough season. Well, the women's team are now stand at nine and nine overall. They stand zero and seven in the conference. They had two home games this last week. They played Miami at McCamish and lost sixty nine to sixty. Then number sixteen ranked Duke came into McCamish. And they lost that game 65 to 47. Uh, it has been a very tough stretch uh, of ACC schedule. When the men's team has won one and the women's team has won zero, yeah, that's a yeah. tough start to the season. So why don't we just stop there and switch to another news item? Joshua, you have some recruiting news for the football team. I do indeed. So the first thing we're going to talk about is. Um, a transfer edition. So Georgia Tech continues to work the transfer portal. It was rumored they may or may not be busy. They picked up a tight end, which if we you watched last season, you know Georgia Tech tight ends, not exactly the greatest. Uh, the same people will be back. Dylan Leonard announced that he's coming back for his fifth season. Uh, Luke Benson will still be there. But Georgia Tech will have a new face in the uh, tight end room, and that is go as a man that goes by the name of Brett Scyther. Now, he does have some pretty good bloodlines. He comes from a very prestigious football university somewhere else in Georgia. I don't know if I want to say the name, but I will say he's got two rings on his fingers. 
So at what year is he? Um, he is going to be, I believe he's going to be a junior or a senior. I think a so, senior. But he has the COVID year because his first year is 2019. So he's got two years of eligibility. So we don't have to say to hell with this guy anymore because now he's on our team, which that he's, makes two that makes two tight end transfers. Because remember, Key's first transfer was the guy from, I believe, UCF. USF, and, yeah. USF. And I always get those confused. And uh, he's got the two guys who can't catch passes currently uh, in the system. So the tight end room is filling up. It is. Well, Brett Scyther, um, he was a three-star recruit um, coming out of Georgia so far. I mean, in his career, he's played 27 games, had four catches for 54 yards. But in all fairness, there were some very talented tight ends in front of him, especially the last two years. Yeah. Kind of hard to get on the field except for, for anything other than you know special team blocking and jumbo packages. Um, he is uh, – scroll up – he is 6'5", 228, very similar build to Jackson Long, the USF kid that you talked about. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, anybody sure. that is able to get a full-ride scholarship at UG of A has to have some level of athletic ability to be sure. able to get there. Yeah. Um, hey, worst-case scenario, he can show off the bling and give give kid, the kids at Georgia Tech something to work for. No, best-case scenario, he can uh, help us – understand better what they're doing and and be able to call out signals hey recruiting. I the board. recruiting anyway uh the other recruiting thing i want to talk about is that georgia tech did have its first junior day um for this they brought in a ton of 2024 kids kind of getting a head start i was i'm not going to give you all of them because there's like 40 plus kids there i will Thank give you. you the highlights uh first of all the only commit in the 2024 class jakari williams was there the quarterback from making first presbyterian um Hopefully he stays committed. I know how a lot of this stuff works. There's a good chance he's committed to at least two other schools. Um, Whit Muschamp, the son of Will Muschamp, former South Carolina head coach, uh, current Georgia analyst, he was at the camp. Um, also had four-star interior lineman Walt Claire Flynn from Grayson. He's currently the number seven interior offensive line prospect. So he was there checking out the campus. Um, you also had ad, so a couple athletes there. Uh, the one that is intriguing to me uh, named BJ Gibson. He's a two-sport athlete. He is a four-star athlete from Wilcox County. He also plays baseball and is currently committed to Tennessee. So the kid can play baseball if you end up at Tennessee. But it, I'd be interested to see what he does at Georgia Tech. Maybe we'll get a get a chance with him. Uh, Chase Tyler, six foot four wide receiver from Hiram. Uh, just big guy. I'm, I'm a huge fan of big body receivers, so I'll always call one out uh, when we see that. Uh, Daniel James, a cornerback from McEachern High School. I only say that because uh, my roommate is from McEachern, so every time I see that, I get a nice little uh, smile. Another DB, Noah Dixon, four-star safety from Trope County. C.J. Jackson, who is a linebacker from Tucker, he's already got 10-plus offers, a lot of them power five schools. Going to be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, about a bunch of other kids, obviously a lot of local kids, Mountain View, Mill Creek, South Gwinnett, uh, a lot of kids from that Georgia area. Brent Key clearly trying to get uh, some stake in the state of Georgia back. Uh you said you weren't going to talk about 40. I think you talked about 15, but you did it very well and you did it very briefly and you gave us some information. Thank you for that. Also, shout out to your roommate, Cam, uh, and Deandra and the rest of the takeover crew. If they aren't 
Uh, people don't know, they need to seek you guys out, uh, TakeOver uh, on YouTube. They should, um, yeah. If you go on YouTube, search TakeOver Episode 1. You can find my other sports show that I've been doing for a couple of years now where we do sports year. debate. Yep. Yeah, about professional sports. So They, they might not uh, want to watch episode one, but you guys got way better real quick. You were good from the beginning, but you guys have uh, well, found Well, episode one is just the easiest. It's just the easiest one that pops up. Understood. So go to the channel from there. Because if you just uh, search TakeOver, you get a whole bunch of other stuff. Subscribe, all that good stuff. So that's the YouTube. We thank you for listening to the podcast of What's the Good Word. Uh, I want to do a few different news items real quick. All of this came from ramblinrec.com. If you're not checking out ramblinrec.com, well, then you can listen to What's the Good Word, and I'll try to give you as much of the news as possible. But there's definitely some good stuff there, and, and there's more than I present. They do such a fantastic job of covering Georgia Tech athletics, both academically and uh, sports-wise. So want to shout out, uh, first of all, uh, a school record was set in track and field recently. Uh, one of the first indoor uh, meet of the season for track and field happened. I believe it was at Clemson. Uh, a lot of athletes did very well in a lot of uh, events, but Jameer Gibson uh, set the school shot put record at 20.4 meters. Uh, that, if you're wondering what that goes into feet, because as Jim Gaffigan once told us, God loves America best and that love is measured in feet. Uh, he threw it 66 feet, 11 and a quarter inches. So basically stand at uh, home plate and throw a, you know, whatever pound ball that is 66 feet out to the pitcher's mouth. Holy cow, that was quite a throw. Well done, uh, Jameer Gibson. Also want to shout out both the men's and women's tennis team. Uh, the women's tennis team took part in the Carolina kickoff uh, tennis event and Alejandra Cruz uh, was named ACC Co-Freshman of the Week in women's tennis. Uh, she did fantastic at the meet. The women's tennis uh, team did compete, did well, won some matches, lost some matches. As far as the entire event goes, I want to focus on the men's tennis team because the men's tennis team had their first match, uh, sing, a match against another college. They hosted Furman and absolutely destroyed uh, the Purple Paladins uh, of Furman. They won. Now, what I don't understand, and a tennis fan can explain this to me, it said they won six to one, but when you got into the matches, they won five singles matches and two doubles matches. Furman only won one singles match, one doubles match. So as I, I went to Tech, the math tells me we won seven matches and they won two, but we won the, the meet six to one. So I don't get it, but so maybe... It might have something to do with first to six, and but the other two were going on. Sure. So they called it 6-1 because they hit the target score. I don't know. Listen, I had to go to one tennis meet in school to like cover right. it for class. So people who uh, so people who go to tech, they they don't tell me this. We throw out the lowest score and you know all that. That there must be something going on in that respect. But uh, if you're a tennis fan and a college tennis fan, please explain it to us. Uh, and Joshua is going to give you the contact info before we get into the uh, deep stuff. I have one more piece of news. Uh, we mentioned this was the John Sally uh, episode because it's episode number 22. We like to keep track of former tech athletes. So in uh, it, so I want to shout out Matt Kuchar. Uh, Matt Kuchar, of course, a standout tech uh, golf athlete. Uh, he had a top 10 finish. His 112th top 10 finish uh, 
as a PGA pro at the Sony Open at Wallale Country Club. He finished seventh. Uh, that is one of the first events of the year. He loves that event. He won it, I believe, back in 2019. So big shout out to Matt Kuchar, Mr. Consistency. Uh, and uh, good old Cooch, well done. Uh, got a seventh place finish, so shout out to him. Go him. Jo- good stuff. Joshua, before we get into the second part of the show, let's take uh, let's take care of one little uh, housekeeping piece. For those people who want to keep in touch with the show or they want to shout out the show, we've now done this long enough in 22 episodes. We've got a couple of what we'd call friends of the show. We've mentioned Lewis. We've mentioned Kent. We want to mention other fans of the show. We we actually got a shout out of, uh, uh, we. I don't know if we should, maybe we're not ready to talk about the third friend of the show that, that reached out to us this last week. We're engaging in some conversation with somebody who actually reached out and said, hey, I was thinking about doing a show and th- like this, and then I found your show. You're doing exactly what I wanted to do. So we're talking about how to maybe partner with him or bring him on, uh, but tell everybody how they can reach out to the show. Very simple. Just email me at joshuajulian26. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com that's the easiest way to get in touch with me um i do check my email every day um if i delete it i apologize i get a whole lot of spam but i'm gonna do everything i can make sure i respond to you i try to respond as quickly as i can so we have no sponsors we have no banner ads we're not going to go into long commercials we are going to go into long diatribes because that's what alumni and fans do sometimes but uh we want to do this for you guys the fans we're trying to grow this organically we're not doing bot searches or any of that kind of stuff we uh we like to say that everybody who listens to our show uh has other georgia tech fans in their life because we're martyrs because many are called but few are chosen because we're just built different uh as tech fans and tech alum so you know somebody else. Tell them about the show. Uh, we'd love to uh, count them as our listeners, uh, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. Uh, we want to you know, bring some of your comments uh, to light. Speaking of which, that'll probably be mentioned as we go into the second part of the show. So now it is time to talk about the in-focus. Uh, the Georgia Tech men's basketball team, after this latest loss to NC State, uh, now stands at a record of, I believe it's eight and nine. Thank you very much. So we now have a losing record. Woohoo! And we stand, yeah, and we are, st- we stand at one in six in the conference. Uh, Notre Dame also stands at one in six. That one win was against us in overtime, uh, which was frustrating. Louisville is 0 and seven, uh, and Virginia Tech is one in five. So, we are in the bottom feeders of the ACC. Right now, the pundits are right. They picked us to finish 15th, and we are close enough within striking distance that if we lose to Louisville, we actually would be in last place. So, uh, so far, the pundits look right. But I want we wanted to take a few minutes, and we just kind of want it. We don't want to talk about what has happened up till now. We might reference a couple things, but we want to just kind of do a mid-season grading or mid-season review and just kind of talk about what are we hoping for? What are we looking for? What do we think about the rest of the season? Joshua, I'll let you talk first because you're the fan and you're the professional. This is what you want to do for a living. So pontificate, sir. Well, the best thing that's happened so far to us is that we got a lot of the, the bad 
ACC games out of the way, um, having to play at North Carolina. By bad, you mean playing the top teams, right? Yes, we we okay. we got we got a lot of the, the the rough games out of the way, so we did all that at the beginning. Um, you look at the schedule now. I mean, we do have to play Clemson again. We do have to play Duke. Um, luckily, we do not have to go to Cameron. We get to stay at Georgia Tech in McCamish. And then other than that, when you look at, especially in February, February will be a very interesting month because outside of NC State and Pittsburgh, and outside of NC State and Pittsburgh, it's pretty much just all the middle of the ACC. And, and, and also Bob. Wake Forest. And yeah. Wake Forest. Yeah, and then also it's, Florida Tech. It's it's two against Louisville. It's uh, Notre Dame again, this time at home. It's yes. uh, Virginia Tech at home, and it's Boston College away to finish the season. So there's and also, there's five of the other bottom feeders with us. Yeah, so Tech is getting kind of a chance to play more of the bottom feeders after this upcoming three days, three three game sketch stretch of Syracuse, Clemson, and Duke. Uh, they kind of go into the what I would call the soft underbelly, I guess, of the the season <laughs> schedule. Um, they have a chance to do some damage. We saw them against Miami. They have there is a version of this team that can beat good teams. It just requires a really bad game from the opposition and a good game from us, which right. the issue is even when we play good, the other team plays good. We, we have not mastered the ability of stopping the other team while also winning in our way. Um, I think Georgia Tech has a good chance to, to pick up a few wins. If Georgia Tech loses to Louisville at all, I might hop on the fire passenger bandwagon because, oh, dear Lord, there's no way that you can justify losing to a 2-16 and 16 team. Um, I think there's a chance they beat Notre Dame, especially since they'll be in McCamish. Um, they almost beat them at Notre Dame, which is it's hard to win on the road. Well, let me let me put it this way. There are 12 more ACC games, right? We've got one more uh, small team that we play, Florida Tech, at, at one point just kind of as a tune-up. But there are 12 more ACC games. Do you want to put a number out there? Do you want to say, hey, of the 12, we need to win? You know, I want to see us win five. I want to see us win four. I want to. I want to see us go six and six. Right. But realistically, I expect us to at most win five. Okay. Because. Well, yeah, you just said as six a, and six. As a, I, I, as a, I would say as, the way we've been playing, you're almost thinking we're going to win three, right? Because I, I, we have to be Louisville. But we, those two games have to be wins. There's, there's no scenario where one of those can be a loss, and we look good in any way, shape, or form. I can think of plenty of scenarios. If you go 10% from three-point range and 48% from the free-throw line, and you don't really get that many turnovers, you're going to lose to Louisville. All, yes, but NC State is a, is a good team. They came yeah. in, like I said, 14-4. and four. Louisville's 2-16. and 16. You have to beat a 2-16 and 16 team. Well, as, um, as you, we're, we're 15th in the ACC. Okay. 14. 14. There you go. I think Virginia Tech and Boston College are the other two games that you have to have um, in order to make this season look not as bad as it could be because they're the other bottom feeders. Um, I think Notre Dame is another good – because, again, you played Notre Dame really closely. Um, you both They both played good games that game, and Tech just lost in overtime. Uh, there were a few questionable calls thrown in there in a few different areas. Um, and also, again, you were on the road, which at, they said on the broadcast multiple times. Tech had like had one there in forever, hadn't won there at all. 
So those five games, I think you have uh, an arguable chance to win. I also think potentially you can win the game against Syracuse in McCamish. I mean, Syracuse isn't great. They're also not bad. So you're just going to need a really good game. Uh, there's a chance again. There's a chance here okay. to, to look respectable. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this. What are Is there anything about this team as bad as it's been to this point? Is there anything about this team that I don't know if I'd go so far as to say excites you, but you see as maybe excite or are positive about? What are the positives about this team that people listening should should take away? I think you've, you've seen some growth from the young guys, which you were hoping to see. Uh, Miles Kelly has, has shown an ability to be an offensive threat. Um, I'm not 100% sure he's at number one score. I'm not 100% sure he's an on-the-ball guy, but uh, he's a sniper when he's got some space. And getting him, you know, does he doesn't need a lot of room to get his shot off. Uh, Jalen Moore has looked really good when he's, you know, been starting. I, he's He's got some moves in his bag now. He's, he's actually a good dribbler to mm-hmm. an extent. Like, he's good taking it to the rim from the perimeter, which mm-hmm. is interesting. If he ever figures out how to shoot, it could be good. But he, he continues to take threes, and he doesn't seem to understand that there is a reason why the team is leaving him open. Uh, right. But it is what it is. I, I, I like that. He competes on the boards, which is really nice to see. Um, those two guys have looked good. They look like, you know, good ACC players. Uh, if you get some support around him, this team can be better. Javon Franklin I've loved. I've loved picking him up. I don't think he has another year of eligibility. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, I don't I just, think so. If he has another year, I want him back because he's incredible. Right. Uh, Davon Smith has been good. He had a brief period where he was meh, but then he really picked it up, and he's really started to be kind of – he still can't shoot, which annoys me to no end, but he does so much else for the team that um, it's it's really – it's really, it's really good to see. Like he does so much rebounding, getting in passing lanes. Uh, he's the best playmaker on the team by far. So he's been so that they, you've, I've seen flashes of good play from individual players. The issue is good play from individual players together. It's always oh Lance Terry went, played well for these two games, and then right. once Miles Kelly heats back up, oh Lance Terry had two points. Yeah, so uh, I want to I want to see this team show us show us what they are. You know, I, I think every team I've watched under Passner, and you know, back to going back to Brian Gregory and 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 even Hewitt, you know, a team gets defined. You know, you you kind of figure out what you have. You kind of figure out who you are. There, I have, uh, we are halfway through the season. I still have no clue who this team is. Now, a a casual observer or an an emotional person would go, well, they stink, they're horrible, they're awful. Listen, if you are not excited, mildly excited about the young guys on this team, then uh, we might as well stop the conversation because Jalen Moore has taken huge steps. Miles Kelly is one of the most improved players in the ACC. And while we might say Debo has regressed a little bit, I, I'm, I'm beginning to see that Debo is just kind of a glue guy. He's kind of a – he doesn't do anything stupid, and you can keep him out there, and he's always going to be in the right spot. He's always – you know, he, he I don't think he's ever going to be a, 
a three-level score and put the ball in his hand and go get a bucket. That's not who he is. But he's still good. So our three, arguably, our, our three of our top players are sophomores. Uh, clearly, this team sorely lacks a point guard leader. Davon has had some flashes. Kyle has been, at best, mildly okay. They've had Debo bring the ball up, and they just they don't have anything other than that. They have no real true point guard, and they have no real true center. Rodney has had a couple of flashes. Javon is such a great guy, and I love him to death, but he's a four. And, and you know, I tonight's game, the game against NC State, this latest one, was I think the first time the way I would want to see the four and five rotate, which is Pastner loves to have three guys and just rotate them among four and five. Rodney, Javon, and Jalen were all playing. Um, Jalen's got all kinds of moves. They were pounding the ball inside, and they just they couldn't hit an open jumper to save their lives other than Rodney from the free throw line tonight. And, and that's the other thing about this team is I, I just – I don't know – who they are. I don't know their identity because one night they'll play really well defensively, but they can't throw it in the ocean against Pitt. They were shooting well, but they couldn't defend. Um, I, so that's, I just want them to get an identity every year. I've been able to, they, they, there's an identity. Even last year, there was an identity. Oh, it's, it's the Michael and, and Usher show. And I just, you know, and, and I hope we score enough and we, didn't a lot, and so we didn't win. We were just such a bad defensive team last year for Passner, and unfortunately, I think what this team is is not really good defensively and very young, and they just show themselves to be young. They have great stretches, and then they have, you know, can they get any kind of consistency between now and the end of the year? I'd love to see that. Um, Let me ask you another question. what uh, I, I've kind of asked you for prediction of wins. I've kind of said, what are you excited about? What do you think needs, you know, this, the second half of the year, what needs to really improve? I mean, you know, what is, give me one or two things that, Hey, if they can do these two things, then we're going to talk about this team at the end of the year, drastically different than we did at the beginning of the year. And don't say something stupid like score more points than the other team. You took, the, mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Get, yeah. I God knew that's where you were going. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to correct myself real fast. I said that George Tech was eight, nine after that game, that was their game record going into the game. They are eight and 10 currently. So oh, I just great. want to make Thanks sure that for making it I fact check. Well, we, we got to, we got to make sure we're aware of, of everything in a horrible glory. Um, I mean the best the best thing that Tech can do there somebody's got to work on their point of point of attack defense. Um, it, it's really these last two years have shown exactly how important Jose Alvarado was to Josh Passner's defensive scheme make it work, and also it's shown just how individually talented Jose Alvarado himself was, as we're seeing at the NBA level right now. Um, there's nobody to really harass ball handling. So Tech doesn't get nearly any turnovers. They don't get um, enough fast break points. Uh, they, there's nobody that's 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 harassing these and making it harder for the ball handlers because, you know, when when a ball handler gets like a clear, a, a much more clear lane than he would expect, 
it makes it that much easier because it, now everybody's got to scramble to cover for the fact that you just lost your guy. So that's something I really want to see. I want to see Davon or Debo or Miles, somebody get up at the top of the zone and just make life hell for opposing ball handlers because there's not enough of that happening. And it's, it's really showing on the defensive end. Um, the other thing that I, I want to see is I want to see Tech go small just because I, I want to see what happens. You know, I, Rodney Howard is seven, is seven feet tall, but I'm, I'm convinced that the best lineup this team can run is Javon and Jalen as the five and four. I know you're going to give up some in height, but both of those guys can jump. Both of those guys scrap and both of those guys fight for rebounds. Um, I don't think you're going to lose a ton as long as they're boxing out and doing their job. I'm intrigued by that because then you get a little bit more athletic. You know, you've got five guys that can put the ball on the floor. Uh, you'll have a guy at the elbow that you'll give it to. Javon looks to do something with it other than, you know, tonight Rodney Howard at five assists. He was actually looking to pass, but Javon's been doing that all year. Uh, again, Jalen gives you a, a slasher from the wing. If you have Debo and Miles out there with like Lance Terry, you've got three shooters. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. That's something I want to see change. I want to see Josh commit to small ball and just try to outrun some people. You have a question for me, or would you like me to answer the same question? You, I want to hear you answer the same question. Okay. Before I answer the question, I want to bring up something that Josh Passner said in his post-game press conference after the pit game. By the way, if you're looking to add something to your listening uh, list, Josh Pastner post-game press conferences are very, very good. They're usually 10, 15 minutes. He is, he, if you don't think he, two things about this. If you've been watching him coach, I have never seen him more passionate. And by passionate, I mean getting angry, arguing with officials, standing up for players, getting in players' faces. That's one of the reasons why I think it's not really Pastner's fault because I think he is taught and they, they know it and they're just, they're not, they're not executing very well, but he had a quote at Pitt. He said, if you want to win in the ACC, you got to score 70 points. He goes, we got to figure out a way to get 70. The number one thing this team is struggling with is scoring, but I'm going to, so I'm going to now answer the question of what do I want to see uh, that I think would totally turn this season around. And I'm going to be very elementary about it. This is very fanish, so I forgive me, mm-hmm. but this is what I see. Number one, our on-ball defense is absolutely horrendous, especially when you've watched this team. And yes, we'll go back to Jose. He's our favorite. You know, nobody defended on ball better than Jose. But I'm looking at Kyle Sturdivant. I've watched past years. Kyle Sturdivant is a has been a very good on-ball defender. And I don't know what's happened, but I am seeing way too many people blow by us. I'm seeing in our 1-3-1, I'm seeing rotation mishaps that I would see in sixth grade, you know, junior high basketball. So our on-ball defense is awful. If you want to turn this season around, get down, do the old Coach K slap the court, and defend the ball. Go watch this NC State game that just happened. I didn't. I know we didn't want to refer back too much. They defend the ball. Watch UVA. If you really want to win in the ACC, you got to defend on ball. And if you're not going to defend, then there's got to be help. Defend and help. So it's very simple. 
we've got to defend better on ball. There's way too many drives, way too many easy passes down on the one, three, one, and, and just bad rotation or just losing guys on inbounds. It's just stupid. That's number one. And that's not on the coach. That's, that's gotta be, they're not listening to his message. Cause I've, I've watched him coach enough. I know it's, or they just don't have the, the defensive awareness to execute this stuff. But see, I disagree. I just, I don't see that. I just see they just, I mean, and again, I'll use Kyle Sturdivant. Where's his defense been this year? Because he's been a great on-ball defender. Okay, number two, um, I think we need to run more. I think we need to push, 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 and push some more. You're using more players. The players you have are better athletes than you've had in years past from one to nine. Push, 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 push. Push the ball. I mean, push it to a, to a fault which by the way, you can't really do if you're not defending well. So that, I, you know, we're not defending well, so we're not pushing, but you, you've got to push and run. I think they want to run, but, if, but I think one of our best offense is running. On the run, throwing to Jalen on the run, you know, pushing and, and, and getting that, that push type offense we absolutely need to do. And then the third thing that I want to see this team do the rest of this season is they need to move more motion on offense. There is way too much standing around. And when somebody gets the ball and goes, okay, I got to break things down or I'm going to try to break down my defender. Everybody can't just stand where they are and watch. You've got to still move because sometimes you start to break down and you see a cutter or you start to break down and you turn back and a guy is rotated to occupy your spot because that's now open. They need to do more motion in their offense. Now, I will say in the last couple games, in the pit game, they shot really well and they got a ton of open looks. And then in tonight's game at NC State, they made a concerted effort to pound it in the paint in the first half. And they've started changing something with their with their Princeton style where they were getting Davon and Kyle and Miles, but it was mostly Davon and Kyle kind of coming around and getting downhill to the basket. I want to see more of that. I want to see it with all their perimeter guys getting, you know, kind of getting around a screen from the high post, going downhill from the wing down to the down to the bucket. So make more motion and get more kickouts on your motion when when something swallowed uh, kind of gets swallowed up there um so that's that's those are the things i want to see uh i will say uh one other little point i'll add of of kind of improvement you mentioned it lance terry is is starting to become along with javon uh, javon kind of my my little uh treasure he he is really kind of found his drive when he needs to he's being very efficient with the ball uh, and I like it. So I, I kudos to him. Yep. He has he started rough, and he's he continues to get better. Jalen continues to get better. Miles is getting streaky. We we just need some consistency, which is a sign of a young. I just kid. think I just think Miles is overtaxed. I don't think Miles is a one. I think Miles right. is. Right. I think Miles is a really good two who can kind yeah. of. He's he reminds me a little. He's a college version to me of Chris Middleton who if you were to put the offense on Chris Middleton's shoulders, your team isn't right. going to be very good. But when he's next to another guy who can go get a shot and he can kind of fill in the gaps and he gets his open threes, but he also creates a few for himself, he'd be really good. 
he's overtaxed as the main on-ball scorer, the main shot creator, you know, the main do-everything guy. Like, I mean, you saw it in, in, in the NC State game. They got to a point at the end of the game, his entire plan was, I'm just going to drive right and get a sh- and just throw something up. Right. Like, there was – there wasn't really any plan there. He, he needs to work on some individual shot making, but he also is overtaxed with so much on ball responsibility. So when you don't have, and so when you don't have a one and you've got one, two and, and maybe two twos in, in Debo and some threes, you know, uh, you got some second and third options and, and that's it. Um, you're going to struggle. It's going to be tough. And oh, so yeah. the one thing that is, truly equal in all of basketball is get your butt down, get your hands out and defend the ball, move your feet and defend. And I just, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. I'm with you. I, my one last note is I'm, I've been Debo's biggest fan on this podcast. I'm starting to, to sell off some of my stock in him, at least for this season. I want to believe that there's still that Mr. Florida basketball, you know, high school player of the year in there somewhere, but it looks like the size and the physicality and the speed of the college game has kind of overwhelmed him a little bit. There's a lot of times that he, and when his first move doesn't work, he doesn't know what to do. Mm. And so I'm, I'm hoping that next season there might be some, some development, but at this point, I'm starting to wonder if this is kind of what he is, a great outside, good outside shooter who can – is he's, he's strong, he can do some things on defense, but he's he's just – like you, you referred to him as a glue guy. I think that that's kind of where we're trending towards right now. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how the season ends up. I, I, I will just say that uh, last year was the first season – where the team regressed from where they were at the, you know, they just didn't finish well. You can say there were some injuries and some other things, but they just, they, they, they got, they just didn't get much better. And I think some of it was Usher and DeVoe had already kind of capped out where they were and they weren't going to get much better. Um, And, but this team has got so much room for improvement. We're not thinking they're going to be at the top of the ACC, by the way, the ACC right now, according, according to Lenardi, seven to eight teams make it in. So, you know, this is one of the deeper, if not, oh, top of the line, they're top of the country teams. There's a lot of good teams. And uh, so anybody can beat anybody else on any given night. Uh, We beat Miami. Miami is starting to kind of come back to earth a little bit, but we beat them first. So, uh, or second, whatever. But anyway, um, that's where we're at. I apologize for, uh, for, uh, pining on and on about the basketball team, but I'm very passionate about it. Uh, and I, I want to see them start scoring 70, 70, cause if they can, they might have a chance to win. So, uh, Joshua Julian, 26 at outlook.com. If you want to reach out to us, Joshua, any parting words? No, I doing great stuff out there in the NBA. Joshua Kogi has come back from the, the graveyard of the NBA and as are for the Phoenix Suns. We like to see the the George. Very good. So for Joshua, this is uh, Steven. We will ask you one last time, what's the good one?